I literally, as you saw when you went to the Google document, there was nothing. There's absolutely yeah. nothing because we don't need anything. We, yeah, tend no, we, to, can... <laughs> we tend to just go off anyways yeah. and do our yeah. own thing. So I was just like, I'm ready for it. Let's just do that and see, see what happens. Yeah. I love it. Cool. I'm going to start the music. And we're ready to go on. Okay. Welcome to Run With Purpose. This is episode number 82. And for those of you that are new to the show, my name is Flores, and I'm so very glad that you found this podcast. Would love if you would subscribe. And as always, you can reach out to me on all the socials at flores.run. Um, hope everyone's having a great week so far. I just realized, Katie, can you, could, did you hear the music? Could you hear the music? Yeah. Okay, perfect. I was like, I, sometimes I mess up the soundboard and I'm like, I'm like, wait a second, can the guests actually hear it? And I'm just like dancing by myself, but no, yeah, I can hear it. Perfect. I also noticed it was new music since I've been here last. Yes. And I was going to bring yeah. that up here in a moment, but as you guys know, Katie's on the show. Yay, Katie, thanks for being back on the show. Um, I'm excited to have her on again. We, we talk so much. It seems like every week we're chatting about some random thought that we have. And I was like, yes. Hey, I need to get you back on the show. And I think, so this is your third time on the show. Yes. You're the only three-timer as of now, Ooh. so how about that? And I'm pretty sure you've heard all three intro songs have been, like all three intro songs that we've done, you've had a different one every single time. I think so. It's just great. I love it. We're yeah. probably going to talk about change and adap adaptation today too, so yeah. it's, it's... It's weird how they all on. kind of come together. Yeah, yeah. This here... There we go. We talked about how bright I was, and then I tried to make myself darker, and then the sun went away. Because, <laughs> you know. Tech, tech stuff, That's always. how it's going. But how have you been? Good. Really good. I feel like, I'm trying to think back to, like, the exact place from our last interview. I know we talked about accountability. I think I was, like, in the thick of running a group program, all of these things. And we've now had, like, the summer, which was a summer that looked different for a lot of people, but I feel like it was really an opportunity for everyone to like relax a little bit as much yeah. as they could. And I definitely feel the energy shifting into fall now, which is like kind of, it always is that reset period for everyone, like back to routine, um, back to what feels good. And, you know, I'm air quoting for, if you're listening to this normal, right. But this year, at least for me, it feels even more, more intense of like a reset or even a more intentional reset because we've had to do so much changing over the past year and a half. Um, but that's really exciting to me because now I feel like I'm getting more excited about changing. I, maybe I'm getting more used to changing more often yeah. and it's actually pulling a lot more creativity out of me or new ways of looking at things because of the constant adaptation. I'm like, okay, this, okay, I'm ready for this new season. I'm ready to do some new things. So that's, that's how my energy has been lately, which has been really refreshing. And I feel like maybe there's some of that going on in the collective as well. I don't know if you feel that. Yeah. I think this, this idea of like the reset almost is really it's really something that's kind of going through everything. Like you said, we, we hit summer and even though summer probably didn't look the same as it has maybe in summer's past for people, it's in my opinion, definitely better than last summer. At least we, yes. we can say that uh, yes. we're allowed to do things. Um, so, you know, you have a little bit of a, a difference, but from your actual normal, we go into this summer mode, we're on vacation, we're doing things, we're seeing family, we're hanging out outside, we're doing all these things. And to your point is fall kind of brings this, like, all right, it's back to school time. It's back into like to the, to the grind. And then before you know it, it's holiday time and we're doing all of the hustle and bustle again. So you really kind of take a look inside and say, okay, how, mm -hmm. how did I grow so far into this point? And how can I continue to push on to kind mm -hmm. of get to the next better me almost? This, yeah. this idea of change, the episode I recorded last week or Spoiler, that was actually yesterday recorded. It's still came out today, but you know, the magic of podcasting time. Um, it was, was talking about making your own adventure. 
and this idea of how we kind of don't go into to change with an open mind and we don't we're not really like actively pursuing that change but i think sometimes with this like reset mentality we kind of absorb that and say, no, 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 I, I want the change. Like bring on some change to kind of get me back into the flow of things. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's so much there too, because I feel like we have been a little bit conditioned to release the expectations of what the change is going to bring. That's like, feels really loaded and deep, but like, it's this idea of a lot of people try to plan out the change, right? Mm -hmm. Like even from the lens of what I do, which is nutrition and health work, we try to plan out this change, but we set these expectations or these goals and then we hold on to them really tightly. And that sets us up for when we don't meet those exact expectations, then we feel bad. Right. But I feel like, because we've been in this back and forth, things are changing. Kids are going to school. Now they're not, you can go out masks. Yes. No, all these things that we're like, we can't even have expectations. So it's almost this weird kind of way that we've been taught. We need to detach a little bit from the expectations and the outcomes of the goal and really just focus on the, the being mm -hmm. and the process of changing and the flow and the resilience through that which is a huge thing that's happened in my life, definitely over the past few seasons and a lot too with clients is it's talking about this. How do we find the balance of wanting things to change, having a vision for what the future you looks like or the energy that you want to change, whatever it is, but also setting the intention, right? Writing it down, whatever it is, but then having this, healthy amount of detachment mm -hmm. for whatever's supposed to happen is going to happen. I'm just going to be in accordance for what that future me looks like and then detach a little bit. And that makes it so that you're actually being more present and enjoying the process and focused on being and doing the things that are going to get you there. But you're not only focused on that outcome. You're detached a little bit. And I feel like this, this weird year and a half that we've had while there's been so much about it that has been challenging that it's actually teaching us to do a little bit more of that, which is kind of this weird benefit from such a challenging time, I think. Yeah. That's, I've, I've talked about that before this idea of not kind of putting all of your, your eggs in the, the, the final product or the goal itself, because if you focus too much on the goal, you're not in the present, like you said, but I've never thought about it in the idea of detaching from those expectations of, Hey, I'm, I'm going to take these steps and I hope my vision is to get to this end place, but I'm not uh, attaching myself, attaching my identity to that because when I do that, that's when, if you fall short, even by a little bit, you're going to feel like a failure and in, in that you're not going to want to kind of step out of it instead of seeing what happened along the way in that journey. You're only going to focus on that end goal. Totally. And this, I mean, and this really brings me to a lot of the deeper mindset work that I do is we, my belief anyways, our purpose on this planet is to show up as our most authentic selves to contribute in ways that light us up. And that's pretty much it. But in order to be your most authentic self, it's a, it's a process and a journey of growing and changing and really like continuing to uncover the, the inner stuff mm. that holds us back from like living that true authentic life. And part of that is when we attach so tightly to these goals you're not actually, you're so focused on the outcome versus the behaviors. So it goes back to that, like really fundamental, like, do you have a behavior-based goal or do you have a, uh, an outcome-based goal? Um, a lot of the times when we're so focused on that outcome, we're missing the parts of the journey that are actually showing us what feels really good to us and what feels most authentic. And it's, it's such a nuanced thing, especially in the nutrition and health realm, because we want those outcomes, right? We have a lot of conditioning from diet culture, which you can go back and listen to our whole first episode <laughs> all about diet culture. Um, but I really truly believe that our purpose here is to show up as our most authentic selves 
if we're so focused on the outcome of what we think that is, we miss the part in the middle where we're actually discovering who it is that feels best to us too. Yeah. Cause we end up, we end up almost putting this like facade of going, going along with whatever culture, society, however you want to call it says that we should be living. This is the accordant. This is how we should be living in accordance with whatever it is. And it's so easy to get wrapped into it and where you kind of lose that part of yourself and, and then feel like you don't have the value, which is the reason why we then turn to all of these things. We turn to overeating, we turn to drugs and alcohol, we turn to social media, we turn to all these things that, that, inherently aren't bad by any stretch of the imagination, but we turn them into those kinds of things because we put so much value in them rather than understanding the value in ourselves to kind of keep moving forward. Totally. And it creates this like very closed, this might be a strong connotation here, but it creates this very closed minded approach to growth Mm. If you're so focused on a certain goal or a certain expectation and you have a way in your mind that you, if it doesn't go exactly like this, then it's not success, which we've talked again about failure and success here. Then you are closing your mind to all these additional other routes or opportunities or ways of, of getting to whatever the outcome is that you want. You immediately shut those off. Mm. When, if you set an intention, set a goal, have a vision for what you want your future to look like and then detach a little bit. It opens up for, well, I, if I just show up being the person that is that future self, you focus on the ways of being, I think we've talked about this too and, and focus on just being that person and like trusting that you're going to move forward towards that end goal. Other avenues might open up that you didn't, you wouldn't have seen before if you really put those harsh expectations on how it has to look mm. when you go in that direction. Yeah. yeah. We talk, we talk That's about been it. Big for me. Yeah. We talk about it in my day job, this idea of like solutioning when we're, when we're talking about problems where we're instantly going to how we're going to fix a problem, what it's going to look like. And, and instead of saying, all right, like what steps, what are our milestones? Where do we need to hit? Why are we always trying to fix the problem when we haven't really even understood what the problem is? That idea yeah. of hyper-focusing in on a thing, like you said, you kind of just get this tunnel vision of this is the only way I can do things. This is the only way things are right. And, and I think we've talked about it, but this idea of you're not necessarily going to change my beliefs or the change the way I I view things. However, I'm trying to keep an open mind to conversations because that's the only way you learn. That's how you learn. That's how you grow. But if you're, if you're super hyper-focused on a goal or an idea or whatever the case might be. And like you said, that, that finish line that I see right there is the only way that I can count as success. If I do right. anything else, it's not success. And it's like, well, how many times do people start off making something and stumble upon something else? And that, that thing was the thing that they were meant to be doing anyways. We stumble into these, these routes of we get so focused on it again this is the only way it can be. You know, we talked about the, my move and stuff like that that's coming up. Um, or if this episode, by the time this episode releases, already there. Don't mind the background, it's different. Um, this, this idea of, I don't know what that's going to mean. I don't know what's going to come from this. I'm probably going to hate the cold, but that's okay. We'll figure it out. What new things, what new relationships am I going to, to find, to build, to cultivate? Because I'm kind of taking that step and understanding, hey, there's a, there's a bigger purpose. There's something else out there. I know that's a kind of a different, different topic altogether, but this idea of not over-focusing to limit growth, it goes out of that like comfort area as well because you made that um, connection of like, I like to plan things out to know where everything's going to be and it's because that's comfortable. It's comfortable mm-hmm. to know where we're sitting, where that next step is going to be. However, that's, that's not real life. That's not enjoying or actually living life. That's letting life happen yeah. to you. Saying, hey, here's the next step you have to take rather than saying, I'm going to go down this path and I don't know where it's going to go, but we're going to, to see where it happens. And then if I need to detour from it, we detour and we go around knowing that the, you know, even though the quickest way to, between two points is a straight line, that's not how life works. Totally. And I also think it plays into this idea of like lack and abundance. When you're so focused on something and you have a process and you have all these steps and 
we are a very um, masculine energy society. And I don't mean that like gender, I just mean masculine energy, like systems, structures, processes, like all these things versus like flow and intuition and creativity and innovation. That's more feminine energy that you, you are stuck in a lack mindset by being like, I have to do it this way. I need to do it in this process. I have to do this step in order to do that. I have to do this keto diet in this exact way in order to get X, Y, Z. And you're actually putting yourself in a lack mindset instead of I'm going to try this. I'm going to learn along the way what I learn and I'm going to detach a little bit from the outcome and I'm going to see what works. That's more like abundance abundance, lots of things that could happen here, lots of different routes I could take versus, oh God, I just have to have it in this certain way. I have to equals, I don't have it Mm. right now. That's lack. Mm. So there's a, there's a lot there to really unpack. And it's, it's really something that I work a lot with clients on because you start to peel back these layers of the ways that you are the ways of being are, do you make goals and are you really attached to them? And you have these high expectations and you have these certain ways that you think they should be done. And you're really focused on do, 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 and not on B. Right. And it's, it's a process of like asking the right questions. Well, what does that mean? If it, if you don't get that specific outcome, are you open to learning things along the way? Are you tuned in enough? Are you slowed down enough to really start to feel the things that feel good, really recognize the things that work for you versus some super specific prescribed way of eating, tracking, whatever it is. Um, And it really is uncovering subconscious beliefs that have been conditioned into you. And then really moving from that into what feels really good and authentic to you. But it's a, it's a process. It's an, and it's, it never stops. You're doing it your whole life, whether or not you're consciously doing it and you're actively looking to grow and you're doing the work and you're, you're doing the journal prompts and you're working with people and you're surrounding yourself with people that do this type of work or you distract yourself and you just hurdle through things. <laughs> and, and I'm not saying either way is one is better than the other. You can totally hurdle through life and still be grateful for the things you have and, and have success in whatever terms that you subconsciously believe are is success. Um, it's a much different journey though, to commit to growth change really continuing to strive to always understand yourself deeper, what you're here to do, um, what feels good to you, what stories don't work for you. Um, I think that's, that just is a much deeper, richer life in my opinion. What goes back to that idea of like, are you, are you living life or is is life just happening to you? You know, you Mm -hmm. made a, you made a comment talking about this like subconscious idea. And I think we, we all fall into that where we kind of, we get into this flow where things are good. We're trying to slow down. We're trying to tune in. And then all of a sudden we see an ad that says, Hey, this is a new way of doing this thing. You're like, Oh, like that would probably save me a lot of time. Like maybe I'll go down this path and then we get distracted again, assuming that this is the right way to do things. Hey, all everyone, everyone on Instagram right now is making reels. I need to make reels. That's what I have to do because that's, that's the way to get done. That two reels go over 10,000 views. My very next one had a hundred views and I haven't gotten higher than that again. And it's like, wait a second. No, then what am I doing wrong? And I'm so hyper-focused on this is how I do growth. This is how this is going to happen. Knowing that I've been doing this podcast for two or three years now. Like why, why am I like all of a sudden, is it like this? And it's that point yeah. of subconsciously we get into these ideas of this is the right way to do things because this is how other people have been doing it. And, and you know, we're, con- we're trying to be conscious about it, but you know, brand and marketing and advertising, all those, they understand that as well. So they know how to, to get behind you in that, to make you think a certain way, make you feel a certain way. I just watched um, the movie Accepted. It's an older movie. You ever see it with Justin Long and uh, Blake Lively? Is it the one where they like make their own college? Yes. The movie, the basic premise of the movie is why do we need to do things the way they've always been done? Why, mm-hmm. why isn't our school that's providing a 
a platform for people to learn and to grow. Why is that not considered higher education when a specific books or these things are? And that mindset really sat with me of just like, no, that makes total sense. How often do we buy into the fact of these are the way you need to do things? And you, you slowly subconsciously start drifting that way because it's the comfort lane. Like you're sitting in this comfort lane and the, the road's just turning. You're like, hey, I'm with everybody else. We're moving along together. Everything is fine. I don't want to disrupt the pattern. I don't want to take that left turn because yes, it might get me to where I really truly feel like I should be, but then you're going against the grain. You're going through some rough stuff and you're having, you're going to hit some, some hardships. You're going to run into some walls and really how you bounce from those is, are you going to listen to all of the people on the side saying, well, if you would have stayed on this road with us, it would have been fine. But now that you kind of took this, this other path, you're, you're f finding these obstacles when it's really, <clears throat> when you kind of push those people and those thoughts really out of your own head, because a lot of those really just come from ourselves. We, we think people think those things about us and then you talk to them and they're like, no, I never thought that at all. Why would you think that? We kind yeah. of push through those circumstances and go, okay, no, I, I, I'm more appreciative of the journey that I was put on rather than taking the easy way. Yeah, I may have gotten there, may have taken me a little longer, but I would eventually got there. But the journey that I kind of went along the process is really, to me, the most important part. Yeah. And that this, this topic really reminds me, I took a, a master class recently, um, with a woman, I believe her name is Melanie Ann Layer, And she, the whole masterclass was about this idea of we live in a society that loves, um, loves evidence. We love evidence that something is absolutely going to work now. I feel like I need to caveat here, preface. I, I am a nutrition and health coach. I believe in evidence. I believe in science. We've talked in great depth on the other episodes about science and about my one of my main missions here is to make sure that all women really truly understand their bodies, what's happening inside of them so they can make informed decisions for themselves, let go of that external validation and really tune into their internal internal validation. But we're in a society where we really lean on there's the evidence that that's going to work. So I'm going to do it, which leaves out that open mindedness for trusting when you feel intuitively something works for you that you can go against the grain. Mm. Right. And this is, this is the, like the idea that we have a giant, giant diet culture in our society. It's been around for a very long time since like the thirties, you can even, you can go back to like the 1910s and it will start trickling in, but it's such a big force in our lives. It's a lot of the conditioning that we all have. And depending on where you are in the world, it will look differently, but America, especially it's, it's food marketing, it's fitness. It's the way we show people in magazines. It's, um, it's everywhere. It's literally everywhere. When you start to go, you know what, that actually doesn't feel good for me. I don't want to do my life like that. Sure, maybe they're showing me evidence that that works, but I want to leave it open to possibility that I intuitively know that this doesn't work for me. That's so scary. Mm -hmm. That idea of like, well, everyone in my family went on the paleo diet and they all lost all this weight and they're friggin' happy. Fantastic. Fantastic. That clearly worked for them. But if it doesn't feel good for you, it doesn't mean you have to do it. And that's the main issue with diet culture in general is they're, they're putting this idea of not only assigning meaning to what you look like physically, but also any habit that has to do with how you take care of yourself. And that's it. The evidence says this, which of course there's health evidence that shows certain things, but I'm talking about if I'm not super skinny, then I am not worthy of yeah. being photographed of having joy of being desirable of any of these things. It's the meaning. And when you can start to move away from the evidence that the diet industry has is, is showing you, Oh, well, if you, 
tone up and you lean out, then they show a photo of like a beautiful couple. Like you, you'll attract your partner when you can start to be like, that actually doesn't work for me. And I know there's something deeper that I just feel like I don't need to attach my worth to that. It's that difference of we live in a society that's evidence, evidence-based, whether or not it's completely truthful or not. And then there's this, I trust that I'm on the right path for me and I'm taking the steps for that future self. I'm being how that future self would be. And I have trust that I'm going to get there and what the universe or whatever it is that you believe in has in store for me is going to show up. And it's about looking for those opportunities, looking for those moments of change, looking for the ways that you can continue to learn more about yourself versus doing something super prescribed that the evidence says you should do. Right. It's this, it's part of the journey. It's part of the journey. I love that, that last bit there of looking, looking for the ways rather than just going the prescribed way, this idea of, of evidence as well. I think that's so true because we see it in, really all facets of our culture right now. I mean, we talk, we talk about diet, but we can talk about politics. We can talk about just any cultural kind of things that are going on. We you can only, talk about career paths. Yeah. You can, they're like, Hey, here's, here's the evidence. But you know, as a, as a data analyst by, by day, what's your sample size? What mm-hmm. are we looking at? You know, when, when you're looking at it, like, yeah, you know, I've seen, I've seen Zoolander. I know how, how few models there are you know, and you see what they kind of have to go through. But it's, it's that same concept of like, this is where you have to look, but what's the small, what's, what's the population size of that? The, the, it's so few people that we're saying, that's the goal I'm trying to get to. But you're like, that's not meant for you. That's not meant mm-hmm. for, for a population as a whole. So when we talk about this like evidence, like show me the population, show me the people around me. Are, what is their social economic status? Where are they at? Are they living the same kind of life? Are they eating the same kind of foods? Do they have access to the same kind of things that I have access to? It's like, yes, you know, I wish I could be like some of those these guys that I see on Instagram and stuff like that. But it's like, but no, I have a real job. Like I don't work out all day. I don't do these things. And it's like, yeah, if I had that opportunity, then maybe I would look like that, but that's not what I want. Like, that's not going to make me happy. It's like, it, I always make the joke. I'm probably going to offend some people too, but like the idea of the people that are so big that they can't turn around and wipe their ass. Like you're so big that your bicep kind of gets in the way. It's like, I never wanted that, but you know what? Hey, if that's, if that's what you want, by all means go, go after it. But this, this idea that we're, we're just going after what everyone says is the right thing. I saw this article from, <clears throat> Which, who's the oldest Hemsworth, Hemsworth brother? Oh, Chris? I don't know. I'm not good with the oh. brothers. <laughs> I'm not good with, that was like a broad statement. I'm not good with brothers, just generally. No. The movie I Four have Brothers brother. with Mark Wahlberg, not very good at all. No, um, the, I think it's Chris. This, he had this article talking about, or it was interviewed, talked about, I think it was him and his coach, I think, that basically trained him as nutritionist for Thor and for all those movies and how he got into the shape he was. And he's basically like, hey, supplements aren't necessarily the way. These ad companies are going to tell you that you need all these supplements, you need all this stuff. And he goes, but I didn't do that. And and to that, to me, that's that kind of hits your point right on the head of, yes, there's evidence that say, hey, this might work for some people. But Chris Hemsworth is, I'm pretty sure he's been voted sexiest man alive a while. If not, he should be. It's yeah. like, it's like he doesn't do that. And you're like, okay, where are you holding your standards? If, if that, if your idea again of, of this is where you want to get, you want to become the sexiest man alive, the sexiest woman alive. If the people that are there aren't doing those prescribed things that everyone else is telling you that you should be doing, then, then what are you listening to? To me, I'd be like, all right, let's look at the expert and see what they're doing. Unfortunately, that can kind of get you into rocky areas when you're kind of following someone's, but again, following someone else's prescribed plan. It's best mm-hmm. to open up your mind, get all of the information and make an educated, informed decision with you and your doctor, especially with, with health and nutrition and that sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> to find the best thing that works for you and your body and your situation. There's just certain absolutely. things that you're, you're not meant to look a certain way. You're not meant to do a specific thing, a certain career, a certain path in life. It's you have to understand what's, uh, when I say not meant to, I mean, it's not the way I meant to word that. Um, No, I'm with you though. It's like you aren't meant to look a certain way that society has told you that you need to look. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it, it goes back to that central idea of you are meant to be here to live out your most authentic life. And this might seem like a very vague concept. If you've never heard something like this, you're like, what does that even mean, Katie? Like my most authentic life, like, okay. (laughs) But what it means is literally uncovering the stories that you tell yourself that aren't useful to you. Like, like there's just, let me give you an example of something that was a belief that I carried for a very long time that was not useful to me and hindered me from my most authentic self. I had this belief that if I did not have abs, then I was not healthy. Mm-hmm. Where did I pick this up? Well, lots of things from my childhood. That's where we get a lot of our subconscious conditioning, um, ads, media, probably the way people talked around me, um, going into gyms, seeing people with six packs, um, somehow equating that to healthy, all of these things. However, what was it doing for me? It was making me hyper-focused on the fact that if I didn't have these abs, I was not healthy. And I had no other, other things around me that proved that having the six pack abs was healthy, but I just constantly looped it over and over and over in my mind. And what that did is it moved me farther away from just intuitively knowing that I'm feeding my body, right. And I'm exercising for all the right reasons that feel good to me. Instead, it put me in a place where I tracked every single thing that I put into my mouth. I planned out my entire life. This sounds dramatic, but I know that there are some of you listening to this, that if you really think about it, there's a tug in your stomach right now that you're like, Oh shit, that's me. It really dictated what I did every day. Every day was based around what I ate social events, you better believe there was anxiety around that because I can't eat certain things because I'm trying to get this six pack. It dictated holidays. It dictated how much I was going to work out. Well, I have to burn this off because all I've been taught is calorie deficit, right? And all of these things took up my entire brain space. When I sit and think about it now, is my most authentic self meant to be here on this earth to use 90% of my brain space every single day, thinking about how to get abs. No, (laughs) she, she wasn't. And that is like a, a very important part of a previous version of me. And I was actually just talking to my partner about this. It doesn't mean that I need to like, say like, Oh, that's the old Katie. And thank God we're not there anymore. It was a crucial part of my journey of my evolution of accepting change, all of these things to get closer to my more authentic self, getting closer. And that, you know, that's just one example. If you think about what am, what is most authentic to me? What brings me joy? What do I feel lit up to do? How does how do I show up in this community? How do I leave this earth better than I found it? How, how, what are the most meaningful connections to me? How do I build connection with people? It's these questions. How do I feel joy? That's really hard right now for people. And a lot of people are feeling guilty for feeling any joy at all, which I'm going to give you permission to feel some joy. If you leave any with anything today, feel some joy. But those are the things Those are the questions to ask about how to get closer to your most authentic self. When you're out of alignment with your most authentic self, you are judging, you are questioning, you are looking for outward validation versus knowing intuitively inwards that you're doing something that's good for you. It's those things. It's the anxiety. It's the worry versus the knowing. It's the defensiveness when someone comes at you and combats something that you believe, right? And you immediately feel like you have to defend yourself. That means you're questioning your inner authority. It's these things that you can look at to start to really determine what is authentic to you. And that's, it's so important because the closer you get to it, and I'm not even saying you're going to like hit, hit the point of authenticity. You won the game, (laughs) enlightenment, whatever. But the more that you can free yourself of conditioning of stories of limiting beliefs of all these things and you move closer and closer and closer and closer to your authentic self, 
the more free and easy and, and ease you feel. I'm not saying you're going to wake up and feel like you're floating on a cloud every day, but it, it releases a lot of the unnecessary struggling. That's big for me in my work. My work is with women who are chronic dieters who are really looking to heal their relationship with their body. We're looking to, un, un, to release unnecessary struggling that you don't need to have with yourself. The guilt, the shame, the I should, 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 should do this. Releasing the unnecessary struggling because there are things in life that are going to be challenging and those are definitely worth dealing with. We don't need to have the unnecessary struggling. We just don't. Yeah, 100%. I didn't give it through yet. Uh, Kayla asking if the dog had, if Bella had her joint supplement today. She has not. For everyone listening. She needs that. Yeah, she needs it. <laughs> I forgot to give it to her before we started the show. Um, you you said this this great point there at the end of, at least this is how I process it, is when sometimes when you give up control and you kind of release it, how much freedom you actually get. We, we think that if we can grasp everything, then we have the freedom to have it because we have it all. It's all right here. But when you kind of let it out and kind of just release that from yourself and, and the worry, the anxiety, all of the thinking, like you said, you spent 90% of your brain was worried about getting six pack abs, but you, you need more than that to, you need more than 10% to just do daily life. So if you're mm-hmm. so, per, so hyper-focused on that, how many things did you miss out on because you were just so focused on this specific thing that you didn't kind of see it really. So when you, when you give up the control, it's really when you find the freedom to be like, okay, now I can make choices more consciously rather than just letting my subconscious kind of guide me through again, taking, taking life in living life rather than letting it happen to you. And, and all this kind of goes back to how we started this conversation of this idea of resetting. So let's, mm-hmm. let's say you're in this spot. If you're listening, you're, you're in this idea of not living your, your authentic self, kind of weighing yourself down with this worry, this anxiety. There's a lot of things going on right now. There are just, you know, again, turn on the news. Please don't turn on the news because it's not, it's not happy. <laughs> don't, don't do that. But, take, take a break. <laughs> yeah, don't, just, just power it down. But you, this idea of you have to, you, you're trying to equate to standards that may not be um, realistic or you're trying to battle with people that may not agree with the same way you, the way the things you agree with or the things you believe rather. So we're in this like constant struggle, but really I think what it takes and, and we can talk about it from an aspect of we're on the other side of it mostly. Obviously things are always coming up, but from the big picture, we had our aha moment. We had mm-hmm. the moment where it clicked and go, wait a second, I need to make these changes. These are the things I need to do, but maybe someone listening today hasn't. So how do we kind of give them that like push of, hey, this is this is your moment for your reset. And maybe you did the reset a couple years ago. You need another reset. That's fine. You, there's no, it's unlimited resets is what we're allowed here. Yeah. So, so to make sure that you're kind of pushing forward, knowing that you can learn from past experiences, but keep moving forward on your journey. Yeah. I think the very, very first place to start, and this again, goes into a little bit of the woo-woo territory for some people, but stay with me here. If you think about, and you can even journal this for a week, you can take your schedule, your calendar, and you can look at that. And then you can go throughout your day and literally just take stock of the things that light you up, energize you, make you feel super pumped. Like your football team just won a game and that excitement, that like real energy. And it, it, you get that from so many different things. For, for me, that looks like eating a, an incredible meal with like such complex flavors and like things that I wouldn't put together myself. That's like one of my like energy boosters, or maybe for you, it's a certain way of moving, or maybe for you, it's when you write down and you have the space to be really creative, creative and write something. Um, whatever those things are like, look for the things that light you up. The things that bring you more energy could be sleep, obviously, but, but things energetically that make you feel really good. And then take stock of the things that drain your energy. What do those look like? Is it 
when you're super tired and you're getting up at four in the morning to go to the gym because you should, Mm. and you do the things that you think you should do. And then instead of feeling much better after that, you actually feel worse. Or is it the things that drain you when you think, Oh God, (sighs) I said, I was going to start eating healthy this week and I, I didn't do it. And the thought of planning of it is draining me or Maybe you really just aren't taking care of yourself. Self-care is such a buzzword right now that it almost turns people off. But a lot of the women that I work with are responsible for more than just themselves. They have a partner. They have a family. They have colleagues. They have um, parents they're taking care of, whatever it is, that they're just operating on that hurtling through life thing and they're not actually taking care of themselves. And so they're so drained because they have none of that energy filler. Like, oh, when I do things in this order and I go throughout my day, like I'm tapped out. I got zero at the end of the day. When you start to look at that and you start to look at the things that are lighting you up and the draining, you can start to like intersperse these. And the more you can intersperse the high energy things, the things that bring you energy, those are the things that are in line with your most authentic self. It's really that easy. It's easy. No, it's simple, but not easy. Simple. Those are the things that light you up. And while you might not have those energy boosters right now for things that seem really challenging. So most people are not like, Man, eating healthy lights me up. It just feels so good. That's not, first of all, that's not what we're conditioned to think. We're we're conditioned to think that healthy eating is boring and bland and that's it. No variety. Lame. Just eat chicken and broccoli. All these things. There's nothing about that that lights people up. I'm saying that. And But when you start to just incorporate some of those more high energy things, it starts to balance out your energy levels And that's actually when you have more space to dig deeper. That's it's like the precursor to even figuring out what feels really authentic to you and opening up those other doors is if you're tapped out and drained all the time, this is your, this is your sign right now. If you end every single day and you're just like exhausted falling into bed and being like, I didn't do anything. Nothing was joyful today. Nothing lit me up. This is the time to take stop stock, start incorporating more of those high energy things. And then the things that feel like there's nothing high energy in eating healthy for me, you'll start to just by incorporating things that feel good and bring you energy, you'll start to find the things in it. So maybe the idea of eating healthy doesn't really light you up, but you find a specific thing that your friend made you that is delicious and also nutritious. And then you start incorporating more of that in there. And it's bit by bit that you start to pay attention to these energy levels. Everything has an energy level. Everything that you do throughout the day gives you energy. This conversation, I love talking, could do it for 100 hours, lights me up. For some people, this might drain them, tap them out for a week, right? For some people, it's... um they have, they need to have quality time with their partner and their kids in the morning that lights them up. Right. It, for some people it's, um, we have a tradition in our family where we eat pizza. We make pizza on Friday nights. Um, and there's no assigned guilt there because that's part of the way that we eat that nourishes our body and our mind and our soul. So it's, it's about the energy for me. And that's, that's where the woo woo kind of gets in here, but it's so important to recognize that everything you do has energy. It either lights you up or it drains you. It's about finding the balance because some things we have to do are draining. Um, but the more you can incorporate those things that light you up, the more you can start to balance these energy levels, the more capacity you have to explore what feels authentic to you, the ways that you can change the things that feel really good. Yeah. And I think that balance is the key word there because like you said, there's there's some pieces. By the way, that was all awesome. All every single piece of it. I mean it just hit on the end there. But this the balance aspect of it is super important because it's not just I don't want to get to zero. I don't want all my positives, all my negative, and I want to end up at zero. Zero is a good place too, because you're not draining yourself more than you're getting energized. But you obviously want to be exceeding as much as possible. But I think what that balance allows people to do, which so often I see people 
kind of shy away from is trying those other things and mm-hmm. really taking inventory of everything that's going on. Of, hey, I'd like to do that. And then you're like, wait a second, maybe that doesn't really feel good. But if you, you're instantly like, oh, I know that's going to be bad. Like it could be something that leads to something else. I'm not a person that really gets energized by talking to a lot of people, but like, or at least initially. And then once, you know, when everything started going on with the pandemic and everything and having to do these video interviews, like all of a sudden, like I'm, I'm super excited for this. Every single day I have one schedule. I'm like, all right, I'm excited to talk to this person, especially you, Katie. You're just so much fun to talk to. Well, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) But this, this idea of we, tend to kind of just rule out things if we don't think they're going to be a positive thing rather than actually letting it play out and see where it goes because it could be a positive thing or it could not be. This could have been not very well and you're like, you know what, that's not what I thought it was, but at least I'm, I'm aware of it. I know what's happening. I know how I feel about the thing that happened. I think that writing down is a super important first step another movie I watched this past weekend, Labor Day weekend, Kayla was gone and literally all I did was watch movies. Uh, I watched, I watched Yes Man with Jim Carrey and I I haven't seen that one. Oh, it's so good. Um, It's him and and, uh, Zoe Deschanel and this idea of just saying yes to everything. Even if you want to do it, give it a chance. And obviously the movie takes it to a comedic effect and it's funny, but this idea of let's have this mentality of saying yes first. And then, and then backing to the no, instead of coming straight at the no, because then you're, you're again, limiting your focus, you're limiting your possibilities. But in this mindset idea of things that bring you energy and take energy away from you, if you, if you don't give yourself the freedom and the opportunity to try new things, you're basically just going to count things out. You know, my, my (laughs) diet change is vegetarian. At first, it was the same kind of thing. It's like, well, I guess I'm eating rice and beans every day. Rice and beans and gre- gre- grilled vegetables. That's that's all I'm eating. And then we yeah. started finding like, oh, I really like eggplant or I really like these other things. We started making different types of pastas and all these different things. And it's like, wait a second. This is amazing. I would have never even thought to go this route because this is just the way I've always done things. So I think giving yourself that that freedom and that ability to, be, to try the new things because you never know what's actually going to stick. Right. And it, and this is like a great culmination of like all, all the work I do. Do I teach women the science of how their body works? Of course. We talk about hormones. We talk about gut health. We talk about all these things, but really what is life changing in the work that I do is yes. The health tools. Yes. Teaching them about what food does in the body Yes, 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 yes to all those things, the doing, right? The doing. But it's the being that is the huge transformation for my clients because we move from a space of being super anxious, being overwhelmed, controlling, tracking, looking outwards for validation, spinning your wheels, being completely focused on physical aesthetics all of these things. And we shift to inward validation, to confidence, to clarity, to inner knowing, to joy, to limitless possibilities, to opening that brain space back up. That's, that's what this work is about. Yes. We learn the tools of how to feel your body, but really this is, this is the work. This is the work. It's changed my life. It's changed your life. It's changed all my clients' lives. This is this is the work. Yes, we can focus so much on the doing, but it's really about the shifts in your way of being, not blocking yourself off to opportunities that will make you closer to your authentic self. Being there for the process. That's it. That's it. Like that's that's yeah. the, that's yeah. the way it's to all, win life. It's simple <laughs> but not easy. Yeah, and sometimes you need support, and that's. That's completely okay. And oftentimes it does going back to our conversation of evidence. Sometimes it does take you having examples of other people doing it a different way around you. Again, it falls into that thing of like, don't copy them so hard that you think that they are going to get exactly what they have, but notice their ways of being mm-hmm. right. How are they showing up? How, how do they interact? How do they 
What's their energy like, <laughs> right? And these people are called expanders. You find these people that show you, show your mind, your subconscious mind, that something else is possible. So it's great to have those type of people around you that open that, that possibility up for you, literally in your brain, like carving the new neural pathways that shows you this is possible for you in a different way. You don't have to do it like this. You can make the shifts by not subscribing to diet culture. Spoiler alert. You can make health shifts. You can make shifts without subscribing to diet culture and what they tell you you have to do. You can. And it's, it's so important. It's why I'm here to do this work. Love it. And I love, I love that you're here and I love that you come on the show every single time. It's a great conversation. Thank Katie, thank you again so much. Thank you so much. I love being here. I'm sure I'll be back. We'll oh, talk about more things. Yeah. We'll get you back. Once, once I get moved up, we'll, we'll make it happen, but let the people know how they yes. can connect with you. I meant to do it at the top of the show, but we got talking yes. too fast, but how can oh people connect with you? No worries. Yes, you can find me. I'm most active on Instagram at Katie, K-A-T-I, period, Van Lu, V-A-N-L-O-O. Um, or you can find me at my website, katievanloo.com. Um, right now is, again, season of change. I've run my group coaching course a few times. Really learned a lot, a lot about the conversation that we've had today about limiting beliefs, about subconscious, about programming, about all of this stuff. Um I'm actually making a few tweaks and shifts to this next round that's coming of the Nourish to Flourish framework. A lot more of this type of work based on just learning what has worked for clients in the past and the ways of really tuning into that inner knowing. So there will be another round coming later this fall. So if you're, if you've heard any of this today and this is like sparking your interest and you're like, this is me, I want to make these shifts. I'm done with diet culture. I'm done with diets. I'm done with being anxious. I'm done with obsessive tracking. And I just want a life with more brain capacity for other things. Um, this is for you. This is a group coaching course for you. So um, hit me up on Instagram and uh, we can talk more. Perfect. Yeah, I'll have all of the uh, links in the show notes for everything, Katie. But yeah, Katie, thank you again for being on the show. Thank you so much. Yep. And to everyone else, uh, help somebody hit the right button. That's the one I wanted to hit. Uh, you can reach out to me on social media everywhere at Flores.run. We're just having all sorts of technical snafus today, but you know what? Great. We're here for it. Subscribe, leave a review for the podcast. You guys know what the deal is. You can visit my website, www.flores.run. Thank you so much for joining me today. Remember to keep running with purpose one step at a time. See you guys next week.